And even in the, in the saying of it, it can also destroy you. It can take a lot out of you, believe you me. So it's up to you to keep me going. You can find out how to do it by going to the, the website, cunningthroughmatrix.com, and donating or purchasing the things I have for sale on the website. Remember, PayPal can also be used for purchases if you email me separately. And uh, this personal check for the U.S. and Canada. International postal money order from the U.S. if you don't have a bank account and uh, you don't want to use the banks. And there's also uh, some people that send cash outside the Americas. MoneyGram, Western Union, PayPal, cash is fine. Back with more after this break. Through the Matrix. The Matrix is a, a reality, you might say, a concrete reality. It's to do with the world, the physical world, as we know it, and everything within that world. And it's interpreted in many ways by uh, the societies with secrets as they bring their initiates up through the different degrees. You find that um, most of the pre-Masonic outfits out there tend to poo-poo at the idea of any deity. Uh, sometimes I'll say, believe in any deity at all. Even science can be your deity. And if you accept that, you're in, basically, as long as you believe in something. You can also believe that man can become God, which is pantheistic. That's the basis of pantheism. It's behind all pantheism. And that suits even die-hard atheists as well, because they truly believe in science. It's interesting... It's like a nightmare. You can suppress a nightmare or a neurosis, and it pops up somewhere else. So if you suppress one, it's a natural instinct, and man does have a natural instinct into religion. If you suppress it, it pops up somewhere else, even in atheism. But atheism with the belief in science replacing any deity, that's good enough too, you see. And this is very, very ancient. And that's why ancient philosophers wrapped up their different theories in mystical language for the, for the profane, as they called the people who were really uneducated. That's, in a sense, what it meant to the base people who had no education. And I think even Plato had above his door that no one could enter who did not understand geometry because he used uh, geometry. What they were looking for was the order of nature, believing behind everything there was, there was an order, mathematical order, Numbers, so you have numerology came out of it, and it's the sacred geometry, as they called it, and Pythagoras and different theorists who were quite correct in, in the way that they set out geometry with its various laws that they uncovered. They're still taught in school today. But it also had other meanings behind it, obviously, used in the esoteric form, because in pantheism too, if man could become God, it also was dependent upon selective breeding. Eugenics has always been up there in pantheism. Selective breeding. To bring out the magical child or the new messiah. That's the idea behind it as well. The perfected child. The same thing with Isis and Osiris and Horus, the sun. And 
then every country in the ancient world had its own version of the same story. The profane or the masses were always taught to worship the exoteric, and so they'd end up worshipping the sun or whatever they were told to worship, while the inner boys laughed up their sleeves and knew what it really meant. And so their sayings do with as above, so below, as in heaven, so on earth, meant the reflection of perfection of the heavens would be reflected in the world, and perfection would come when man could literally recreate uh, what they saw above them in an earthly form of perfection. Perfection meant rules and laws for everything, a world run by wise men. And during all the revolutions uh, from really the Middle Ages onwards, and there were many revolutions, many of them failed, but they always managed to sort of step up a step before they fell back, leaving the, the trace of that step being the changes in culture ready for the next step. And during the 1800s, they went through a whole period of revolutions. And they sped right up into the, the 1900s, the early 1900s. And we saw the, the culminating one that we thought was the culminating one with the Soviet Union, then the Communist Revolution in China. The insertion of a new system, which appeared as the antithesis of the old Western powers, but wasn't really, it was designed to blend the two together because in the laws of nature they use opposites and opposites eventually always clash and then combine to an extent and give out a new offspring, another Horus if you like so spring will clash with, with winter and out comes summer that's the idea of it the laws of nature, simple, simple laws of nature and with geometry they could prove certain theories they could be, you could demonstrate them over and over and over again to any student who would come to the same answer as you had. So fixed laws, for the first time, they, they had actually fixed laws that they could prove by demonstration, as opposed to simple theories of philosophy. Science is the, uh, the outcome of it. And, as I say, we're going through with the biggest change, the, the sort of final part. It might take them a hundred years. As some of them think it'll take a thousand years to three thousand and one like Arthur C. Clarke, his final novel is called 3001, uh, to bring up the, into their perfect society the, the modern utopia that H.G. Wells talked about. In the meantime, the world has been standardized because all, can, all, all opposing forces or systems are being decimated right now. And as they decimate those, they upgrade the ones they've already uh, conquered for a long time, they upgrade them with a new way of believing, a new belief system to do for the next 100 or 200 or 300 years. This system is a form of earth worship, as Gorbachev said, the man plucked out of the Soviet Union and given the green cross of the Knights of Lazarus. And also, too, remember, green was the sacred color of communism. Red is its revolutionary active color. The green would be the color of success when, when the absence of all opposition, which the term peace, uh, was, was evident, the Green Cross. And nature would be risen up. Uh, Lazarus means to raise up. So uh, there's symbols all, all around you, and, and the public never know it. And even, I think I had a caller last week from California who asked about the spirits and uh, are there 
plans going along with spirit? Well, from their point of view, it would be because Blavatsky and others were put out there to form the, the, the female lodges uh, as a useful tool to bring more and more women into. They knew, they knew they'd have to separate the, the, the genders politically, ideologically, and so on, and use them. And what better way to, than to fascinate them with the occult? And that was what Blavatsky was set up to do. But she said in the 1800s, her, the job of theosophy was to combine uh, the Western religions with that of really, of those of that of India, basically, Hinduism. Because with the combination of the two, you have obedience, you have uh, a, a, an ongoing revelation of a future still to come. And with Hinduism, you also had the higher occultic system, which is really a caste system of those that are born or descended from God, the Brahma, the enlightened ones, the perfected ones, and different strata down beneath them. In a sense, India is, is the logical outcome of, of a Freemasonic society, you might say. The degrees, degrees, and you're stuck in your degree, and, and you can't move out of it in India, mind you, unless you become what? A side, a side degree, or a fakir. A fakir is a, a magician, someone who's learned to conquer or master certain things, including bodily functions of all kinds. That uh, you're allowed, regardless of the caste, to go into the higher order, where all castes meet, even the Brahmanistic of castes, if you become a fakir. So every country has its exoteric and its esoteric system set up because. These derive from ancient systems, ancient systems that have ruled the world, at least to manipulate behind it for a long, long time. And they always wanted to bring in their perfect world where there'd be only one system. Uh, it's well in evidence today. Under democracy, they've said in their own writings over and over that they would basically fool the public for a period of time because they didn't believe the public, the profane, uh, were wise enough, uh, mature enough, intelligent enough, educated enough to run their own lives. Therefore, need wise men behind the scenes to do so. And we've really always had that. I think the older person gets, the more you realize there's, there's other people pulling the strings behind the scenes. And that's, of course, what Benjamin Disraeli said. Benjamin Disraeli, who was a, a, the Prime Minister of Britain at one point, said the same thing that um, the, public won't, the public will never imagine who really pulls the strings. It's far different people that, that rule behind the scenes in the public scene. And that's the truth of it. Today, it's no different. Money rules the world. It's ruled the world for a long, long time. And it's rather evident that the money system is its own law. It runs governments. It can, it can flatten any government by simple withdrawing of debts or calling up the debts and put anybody out overnight if they need to do it. And they can do it. And they've proven in the past they can do it. Every politician knows this. Every prime minister knows it. And when governments obviously can rob the public to pay back the gangsters who rob the public, then you've got you one big gang at the top that just robs the public. Who are the defending? Who? Why would you fix, try and fix something that was broken? 
that didn't work anyway. Why would you try by robbing the public to fix something that had already robbed the public? Who does the government serve? We can go into nanotechnology, we can go into incredible areas of science. It's only incredible if they keep us in the dark because they're always way, way ahead of what the public's told, but they just can't fix the money system. That's what we're told. It's just too complex. Therefore, they reward the crooks uh, who just rob and plunder the planet. Money rules the world. Those in charge of money give the orders. Those in charge of money own the philanthropic organizations through foundations which comprise the parallel governments with their henchmen, the NGOs. Back with more after this break. Wars always at the top of their chart, 
and they can certainly alter or create new types of humans. They, they, they know they can do that. They can design humans, purpose-made humans. And all you have to do now is convince the public through movies and fiction and talk shows and so on uh, that this is a good thing. Now, at the elitism at the top of this group who rule the world uh, is astonishing. The, the, under this beautiful facade uh, of, of benevolence to humanity, benevolence, they really look upon you like, and talk about you like you talk about the, the need to put down animals. Really. To their own good, painlessly, hopefully, but we've got to bring them down. That's the, the kind of way to talk about the public. We've served their purpose along their Darwinian theory, which they put out, they shoved Darwin out in front there to do this kind of job. They trained his, him, his father, and his grandfather, in fact. And the whole idea is that we're just, as I say, the staging rockets and to, to prepare them to go off into this brave new world. And in true Hinduism, you can't bring in the old the old type into the new it takes down the new type so you must destroy the old type that's called the depopulation or sterilization doesn't matter you'll achieve your ends either way if it's just direct or through sterilization and H.G. Wells in his modern utopia speaking on behalf of the same group as a, a little scribbler a writer uh, and promoting the agenda as a propagandist for them that's all his books were about heavily promoted eugenics idea and talked about what he saw coming obviously from the, the group that he was initiated into who let him in on a few secrets but he saw a world where the old type had died off through sterilization rather than just kill them overtly well we've been getting sterilized for an awful long time it's been in the works because you see the evidence in the charts for the last 50 years but it's not fast enough obviously to, to kill us off at the speed with cancers and various things, they got to step it up. And eventually, you'll have volunteers coming across. I wouldn't be surprised, and I believe they could teach the public anything, to be honest with you. I truly do, if they can get the children young enough, they can bring them up into a world where they believe anything. For instance, in the 1800s, the Freemasonic societies were set up in every country, a young country, like... The young, the young English, young England, and the young English, the young Italians. Throughout the fact, the Milner Group were heavily involved in that with Rothschild and, and the funding of it. And every country in Europe had its young, whatever the country was called. And this was a, a, a deliberate attempt to indoctrinate children, who took oath, by the way, uh, to join into bringing on this wonderful utopia of freedom where they throw off all monarchies and come into this new age of democracy and have rights and freedoms. Albert Pike himself goes through the fallacy. Remember, he was the head of the Scottish Right Freemasonry. And he, he said, he goes through himself and says, you know, how can any man have liberty or freedom? So they used the slogan that they never really believed the public should have liberty or freedom. Wise men should rule. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
is cutting through the matrix. Talking about the, the, the young groups that were started up in the revolutionary periods all over the world. There's a young, uh, it's actually one of the hung, young Hungarians, I think, who was sent over as a student to blow up the Archduke Ferdinand. And we know that started World War I off because they wanted chaos. Chaos could help bring out their new system. Conflict, that's how it works. And we've had many, many revolutions during the 20th century. We've had wars as well that helped cement this world system, uh, which was promoted always from the beginning uh, by the, the lodges. There's no doubt about that. And so-called occultic or secret type societies or societies with secrets, as like to call themselves. And they never know, all the workers never know the true purpose or who really runs it at the top. You don't have to join to, to, to see who runs it at the top. Because money rules it all. It rules the entire world system. Money. And those in charge of money, they're above all laws. They're above all, all laws. Why have they never ever, for instance, brought a banker in to be tried for crimes against humanity, for financing horrific wars, or any kind of wars, for that matter? Won't happen. You see, do as thou wilt is the whole of the law. Do as thou wilt. The whole of the law only refers to people who are above that. Once you're up to that stage, you can do what you want. You can behave in any fashion you wish. There's no law written that'll ever bring you down into any court. This won't happen. And those at that phase don't see what we see at the bottom. We call things corrupt and corruption when we see bribes and payoffs going on all the time. To them, that's normal practice. That's rewarding each other. The workman is worthy of his wages, they say. doesn't matter where the money comes from. It's always the profane at the bottom. who pay up for everything. And they're, uh, in other words, it's a lie. It's a lie. Now, they talked about a world, especially in the American Revolution, that they'd bring in where things become more fair and just for everyone. This beautiful utopia. But as I say, they always said there'd be a hidden group behind U.S. governments. Uh, Francis Bacon in The New Atlantis mentions that too when he talks about uh, uh, the new Solomons, or Solomons land, as he called it, that would rise in the Atlantic Ocean, meaning the U.S. Uh, it would have a form of government for the public that would be run behind the scenes by a secret group of scientists he called them scientists we don't think too much about the social sciences we understand psychology and, and, and that kind of stuff really is a science controlling the minds of people it's a science but remember too uh, that wise men wise men were run in other words people who were perfected people who could balance heaven and earth together within themselves that's what it means the emotional side and the logical side and come to just impersonal decisions to affect other people that's that's the stuff that they give out which is nonsense because they're all pretty well corrupted at the very top and eventually the whole idea shifted to the next phase once that was all through because they realized that never, never would you ever get all of the profane, all of the profane to become wise, able to rule themselves. It's 
out of the same movement came the eugenics societies and the need to sterilize and kill off the inferior types. Uh, this stuff, again, was, was given advocacy by the writings of Darwin that launched the whole program, Survival of the Fittest and the Best. That's really what it's about. And those who climbed to the top of the tree in the existing financial systems would be at the top of the tree. They'd proven their worth to get up there. And if they could hold on to that through generations and pass on their treasures to their offspring, who would in turn rule that system, they definitely had proven their worth to be there. So it's been a steady role since then, using science as a front and lots of theories as a front to bring down the world's population. They can't have a utopia with the so-called multi-millions of profane people at the bottom who will never really know what's going on and who live their little lives thinking about themselves, their families, or their entertainment, what they want to do and play at and what they want to be in life and so on. Uh, they were just simply too, too low down the totem pole to go on into this wonderful future, the same future, as I say, that H.G. Wells kept describing over and over and over. So that's what's behind all of this. And now, since 2001, we've gone through the war of terror. It is a war of terror, not on terror. It's a war of terror. They've terrorized the entire public into compliance because the Pavlovian technique is far more effective if it can be enforced and made mandatory by masses of government agencies when they've already got an obedient population trained to obey government and agencies. Look at the speed of the taking away of all rights of the public. The in-your-face while we're monitoring all of you across the planet. Everybody is being monitored. Why would that be? It's got nothing to do. Let's not even go into the reasons for it. We know it's to bring in their own utopia because they cannot allow anything, anything to get through which they didn't see. They may upset their plans. Anything at all. The tyrant can't sleep at night unless everyone is perfectly predictable. That's why all of your habits, your whole personality profile is copied and put together in a a so-called virtual reality run by the Pentagon as one place. They have a clone of us inside some computer. And I've read the articles from the Pentagon on this. They have your habits and who you phone on a Thursday or a Friday and, and what you have in common with that person and what does that person's circles also include. And they try to find mathematically different combinations of why you interact with different kinds of people. You must be perfectly predictable. That's what the whole Cold War used, the Rand Corporation and game theory. And they're feeding all of this kind of stuff into the old computers. And you were just a number that behaved in a predictable fashion. And if you stepped out of a predictable fashion, they'd want to find out why. And they'd monitor you. You wouldn't even know it. This has been going on for a long, long, long time. They're just making it much more easier to monitor all of us. And really, that's why they gave us all the Internet. If it was bad for them and could possibly upset their plans, we would never have been given it. And we are predictable, unfortunately. Collectively, we are predictable. 
We can get hooked on things, and they know this. That's why the only thing I knew about computers uh, for years was that there's lots of porn on it. That's it. But everybody knew there was lots of pornography. It was the first thing to be launched by the media. Lots of porn, a bombardment daily, weekly, monthly, yearly on the internet. That was to get the schmucks in. That's what it was for. And they had it all laid out how, how far they'd take it before they'd start reeling it back in. And by that time, you'd be addicted to it. So even though you go through changes and you'd pay more money, and eventually you will pay for every site you look into, and there'll be authorized sites only, and the mainstream media will be the only ones giving out the main information eventually down the roads, but maybe not, not too far, you'll still look at it because ultimately take over from TV, as it's already doing. And you'll adapt to that, and you'll adapt to that, and you'll forget how it was in the beginning when you could see alternate sites and talk to people more freely. You forget all about it because you adapt. We're the most adaptable species on the planet. Years ago, as I say, when I was traveling, doing a lot of traveling across Europe, I noticed the same laws getting passed at the same time as we went from country to country, often under different names, but it was always the same laws. And, I've, and if you didn't know from, by going through other countries, you wouldn't know this was happening in the next country, the next country, the next country at the same time. And so I knew there was already a global system set up long before they declared this, just declared, of course, this new corporate entity called the EU Parliament of legal status. Uh, long, long before that, when they were still talking about um, uh, economic associations, that kind of thing. They were already doing it. The, the last people to know what's going on are the general public. And really, e- even the rituals of going through the voting farces, because it's all rigged, is it, just a, a formalization to the public that you're now conquered, really. And it's in the open now. And now they demand your cooperation. That's all it's for. And they do love rituals at the top. And the Americans have to go the same way. And the war off terror is the way they're really pushing it, ramming it through to protect everyone in the Americas. You cannot have all these separate governments. It's just too untidy. It is too confusing. And in a, in a sudden emergency, going through all the different laws of each country is too time-consuming and too dangerous. That's what they're, so they're using this, right? They've been using it since 2001. They call this Fortress America idea. That was in the media in Canada. And also, since 2005, they've had the signatories, the great signatories coming together, the, the Prime Minister of Canada, U.S. and Mexico, uh, the three amigos, openly always signing deeper, deeper, and closer ties with each other, which is the same terminology they used when they were uniting Europe year after year, decade after decade. Closer ties. Until you're so tied together, you can't move unless you all roll together. And Karl Marx talked about it, remember. Karl Marx talked about the three main trading empires beginning with a united Europe, and that's what the young Italians and young Turks and all the other young so-and-sos and young English were about in the 1800s. A, a world under this system and a united Europe. And they get rid of nationalism by using uh, anarchists, as they called them. Anarchists were just the guys who got caught. They were, they were the guys at the bottom that were disposable for the secret societies. 
that to unite was a key to overthrow the old existing system. And Mazzini, that was trained, and he went all over the world, really uh, fomenting as an overseer the revolutionary parties on behalf of his mentor. And his mentor was the grand commander for Freemasonry, for the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, Albert Pike. And Mazzini said in his own writings that we must utterly corrupt in order to rule. The corruption of society was essential to rule. You must bring in a chaos to rule. It's no coincidence that chaos ruled and reigned before Mussolini came in. What they use as a technique of the of what you think is a left and a right wing. It's not really a right wing. But you have chaos brought in by what, what it appears to be communists' party, and then you give an antithesis to it, which they call the fascist party. Uh, even though Mussolini himself was a socialist and the editor of the Italian socialist magazine for years prior to becoming the great dictator, they did the same thing in Germany. Germany was a incredible hotbed of massive communism, and the Brownshires that Hitler um, was in league with uh, had pitched running battles. It's mainly in Berlin, in different places, main, main cities in Germany, long before war broke out and, and before he became a power. Pitched battles with thousands of people involved and lots of assassinations on both sides. And Mussolini uh, had so much to do with Adolf Hitler by giving him lots and lots of advice. But really, there were socialists, which was another form of the same thing. And Quigley himself kept repeating that war is meant to change the cultures on both sides until you have a unified new culture. Again, a new Horus comes out, you see, of the two oppositions. But it's ongoing, and... Uh, the last people to ever know what's happening are the general public. They want, it's true, it's true, they're so well brainwashed that uh, they want, if there's 1% of plausibility in a governmental explanation, they'd rather jump at that and hang on uh, than think the unthinkable, which is, this really stinks and is wrong. And, and, and it's a bad omen for all of us. They'd rather jump on to 1% and comply. Even, even if they deep down in their, in their hearts, in their, in their gut reactions, instinctively know that this means something's terrible, something really, really bad is going to happen for all of them. They'll still clutch at the one, the one little hope of the lie. I was thinking tonight, too, about this big bill that was put up by the UN and the EU passed it too, to do with health foods. For an example, is the, you see, the world they're bringing in is run by scientists and through registration and licensing. Everything is licensed. That means if someone who steps out uh, from the main crowd will have their license withdrawn. That's why the medical association is so easy, so easy to control. You must get a license. And they're going for all of the alternate health foods and so on. Now, they know, too, with intensive farming that, yeah, they can grow big potatoes and all the rest, but it's laden with pesticides. It doesn't have 
the minerals and the vitamins that you need to survive and be healthy. They know all this. So they're making sure through taking away your ability to get supplements without going through doctors and prescriptions. That's what it's coming to. That's what it's all about. Who will then, you know, be told to reel all that in too. Uh, because they don't want a healthy population as we go through the changes. You've got to bring on chaos. Then offer the solution, which will be depopulation. There's too many people. That's really what they're about right now. I keep saying we're the only species on the planet that has to be that has to be convinced to go along with their own destruction or annihilation. You try talking to any animal out there as to why you want to eat it or get rid of it or kill it. I don't think you'll get very far. But they talk to us and, and try and convince us through scientific indoctrination. And because we have this ability to almost religiously go for a religious type of idea, when they bring in the globalism and they're teaching young children who have these visions of the world and, and trees everywhere and plants and birds and animals, they could bring this in. No, absolutely, they could bring this in. Where people will volunteer. That once their useful life is up to help save the world, it will not be a burden upon the world and they'll go quietly into the extermination chamber. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Talking about the the way things are always done in advance of the public ever knowing what's really going on and that the ritual of uh, announcing even to the public or something being set up or a vote or whatever is a foregone conclusion. It's a ritual, as I say, to formalize and, and uh, externalize what they've been doing for years. And in Canada, for instance, uh, there's two bills. I don't know how far they've gone. Uh, through so far, there's Bill C-6 and Bill C-51. They're in line with the Codex Alimentarius Bill that, that, uh, that again, was pushed across Europe and, and it's getting pushed in the States and pushed here. It goes in line with it without, without using the terminology of Codex, in it. but it's, it's to do with um, a whole bunch of things that gives power to the government to do. And here's an example. It says here, and I'll put up uh, this, this up, this, this link up tonight. It's... Um, it's from the, the Natural Health Products Protection Association, February the 18th, 2009. And it's the nhppa.org website, nhppa.org. And it gives you the difference between the two bills and, and really how it complements each other. And it goes into well, what it affects. It's everything, really. It has a summary of the points discussed in the paper, the property and privacy rights affected by the bill are broad in scope. Uh, context for the new law is it necessary to take away freedoms to protect us a lot was under the hazardous products act the government can come into your home at any time without warrants without any go through any organization just a an agency uh and and check for products in the home that they classify as unsafe it says <clears throat> uh, the criminal code criminal negligence provisions in it civil penalties ab- abolition of the law of trespasses in it 
right to seize property without a court order, without reporting the seizure to a court, and for an indefinite period. And it, uh, the private home problem, again, around this whole idea of private property, when the great internationalist Pierre Trudeau, uh, Prime Minister of Canada at one point, uh, and the head of, long before that of the Common Turn for Canada, uh, the Young Communist League that went to Russia. He, he was the head of, uh, in 1952 who led that party over to the, uh, Moscow, became Prime Minister of Canada. He gives a charter of rights, and nowhere in the charter do you have anything, saying anything about property or the rights of property. It says here, the state can assume control of private property, including land, without a court order and without a safety concern. The move away from significant risk tests, which it used to have to prove before they went through all this stuff. Abolition of the Independent Review Board. Um, they can, this is, are the powers to take control of businesses and to seize private property for alleged contraventions legal? The creation of administrative offences, new offences for everything. Uh, the public are responsible for the costs of seizures and detentions, regardless of whether or not the seizures and detentions were justified. Additional costs and responsibilities for small businesses. It's all to do with to do with, not just all to do with this, but health foods, basically. It can also go into the realm of someone lends you, say, some, some supplements that weren't authorized, and they're in your property. You lose all your property. Just like that. There's no hearing after it. They just see you. But I'll put this up, and there's a lot of links in here, PDF and so on, and you can go through it all yourselves. The first reading was, was back in January. I don't know how far I've got with it now. I've no doubt I'll get round through regardless, uh, regardless of the complaints. And if not, I'll bring it back to a big omnibus bill with a different name to it. That's what they've always done in the past. And this hour has just flown in as always. So for, as usual, a very rainy, incredibly rainy and sprayed uh, Ontario, Canada, from Hamish and myself, it's good night to me, your God or your God's school with you.